This hour sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage. is NAB Show Live. My name's Sadie Graham and I'm going to be speaking to these fine gentlemen, leaders of the industry. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about today about leading a company in disruptive times. So um, I think, Steve, we can start with you. If you can explain a bit about your business and your position at Red Bee and, sure. um, you know, what is it you do? So I'm the CEO of Red Bee yep. Media. Red Bee Media uh, is a leading uh, media managed services company. We provide managed services for mission critical services. We also help our customers transform their business. Our primary services are around play out, media management, uh, uh, post-production, live events. Uh, we also do accessibility and metadata yeah. services. So those are the kind of services we provide and most of them are of course are going through uh, various forms of transformation. Yes. Yeah, well, the business is changing always, isn't it? So, Significantly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Tim, what about you? You're president of Grass Valley? Yeah, that's right. I'm president of Grass Valley. Um, we're a broadcast um, solutions provider in video. Um, we have products in both live markets and, and play-out products as well. Um, we're really focused around uh, the production, um, capture, uh, production, and distribution of live content. And our business is going through a lot of disruption. Um, our customers are consolidating. Um, our customers are spending on OTT platforms versus um, their linear platforms, where um, you know our sweet spot has been historically. So that's uh, quite a bit of change all at the same time. Yeah, Bob. Um, I'm president of ClearCom. My name's Bob Boster, and I guess disruption is an interesting word. I think uh, there's a lot of different meanings to it of things that can disrupt your business process. We service um, people in giving them ways to talk to each other to get production done. So uh, people call production intercom in the broadcast domain, but we service a number of different markets, and uh, disruption is an interesting question in terms of technology. But ultimately, uh, I think ClearCom stands as a 50-year-old company, and talking to each other to do things is still pretty foundational kind of need. So there's not a yeah. lot of drive in um, like the technology changing. It's still about the human voice getting to the human ear, and there's just different ways to do that. But at foundation, you're not you're not replacing that activity. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Quick. We're at the camera as well, so we make um, recorders and monitors that um, take cameras that are more affordable to a higher level. So replace a cinema camera with a mirrorless camera with a nice monitor on top. It's, we're bringing, we see ourselves as a computer technology company, that's where um, our history is, and we just happen to be applying it to imaging. So when you talk about disruption, our goal is to offer the most at every stage of the, we don't have this incumbence of, it's been done like this and I've got a bunch of customers that I need to take care of, which is a, a challenge. So we're, we're in our infancy, you know, so we're eight years old and so we're at that point where that will start to be a problem. You know, we've got to look after people eight years ago. But in general, we're bringing hardware connections, new screen technology, new recording technology as fast as we can, like a computer system. So, you know, they say the leaders who thrive are the ones that work well in unknown conditions. You know, are you comfortable with chaos? Yeah, definitely. I think, <laughs> uh, well, I personally manifest it. 
you know, we, if you go down to our booth, uh, we've got you know three new products, and um, we finished the demo 15 minutes before the, the show started. But we started it three weeks ago, <laughs> but refining it and refining it and refining it to ensure that we get that message across. So that's pretty chaotic, and yeah. and therefore our guys are, and girls are pretty used to that environment, which helps I, I deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Being part of our prestige. Being part yeah. of your career. Yeah. <laughs> So what about you, Steve? Are you comfortable with chaos? Yeah, so in a sense, our business is to manage change. That's what we yeah. do on behalf of our customers. So it has to be at heart of what we do. We're helping our customers transform their way of working. Um, and so that means, uh, you know, we, we not only do we have to drive that change ourselves, yeah. we have to support and guide our customers along that journey. And yeah. so because we're a service provider, that's the essence of what we do. We're, we're managing transformation on behalf of our customers. So moving from one state to another state, that's yeah. bread and butter of, of our business. Yeah, and Tim, what about you? I mean, you know, Grass Valleys and lots of acquisitions. Yeah, you know, I'd have to say personally, I'm probably on the other end of the scale from these guys in terms of comfort with change. I, I kind of see you've got risk-seeking people and then you've got risk-adverse people. The risk-seekers become like Navy SEALs and special operations, right? <laughs> The risk-adverse people become accountants, and frankly, well, that's my background. So, but, I, you know, I think there are ways that you can deal with change, even if it's sort of that risk aversion is your natural instinct. And for me, um, a lot of it comes down to just being grounded in what my mission is and what the core is of the business and the purpose of the business and, you know, what's my job to do, you know, what job am I trying to do any given day? Um, that's uh, that being ground that groundedness. I think helps me cope personally. Yeah. What about you, Bob? Well, that's where we live, right? Uh, yeah. Communications exists to deal with those conditions where things have gotten chaotic in production environments. So um, our workflow has to be arranged around solving those problems for people um, when they call us uh, with a, a situation they are in that chaos and we have to be able to respond to it. Yeah. So that's really our foundation. We come from the production background and so that's kind of in our DNA to be able to operate in that, in that mode. At the same time, you can't be making business decisions in the yeah. heat of a production um, crisis, right? Like that, that's not how a business operates. So making sure that you can walk and chew gum at the same time in that regard is important. You need to have your considered business process thinking activity happening and also have your toolkit for dealing with, ah, so-and-so's whatever just blew up and they need a replacement or they got struck by lightning and we need to help them or whatever kind of thing it is that's creating chaos in their, in their environment. Yeah. That's our service commitment and we have to be able to operate in that mode as well. And, and I think we do that quite successfully. Yeah, I mean, if we look at like Netflix, you know, they're one of like the industry's biggest disruptors. You know, they've kept changing their business model. Do you find that you have to keep changing your business model? Definitely. I think you, I mean, you have to not only challenge your ways of working, but you have to evolve your commercial model. So that's yeah. another form of change, another form of transformation. So I think, uh, you know, in our world, when we think about uh, disruption or change, we think about it at least in three main uh, you know, levels, so it's technology change. What, what is technology doing to change the workflows, the process flows? It's the operational model. How do we change our, our operational model and how we work to fulfill those services? And then it's the commercial model, it's the yeah. third layer. 
and, and that evolves constantly. So I think you have to be willing to essentially compete with yourself, yeah. to challenge yourself all the Obsolete time. Obsolete yourself, yeah. 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 And, you know, have you, are you all, um, have you all done leadership training? Have you, you know, got MBAs? What's, how did you become, like... For me, I um, showed up at Grass Valley January 1st of last year and was handed the acquisition of Sam. Yeah. So that was my uh, learning experience <laughs> on how to deal with change, right? So integrate these yeah. two giants in the broadcast industry. And uh, there's no better teacher than experience and I would argue a good mentor. Somebody yeah. you can rely upon who can kind of show you the ropes and, and help you find uh, areas where, where you can improve your, your own game. Yeah, and you got any experience on that, Jeremy? Uh, I would, I, I think the, um, the, your point to the you know, risk averse versus the risk people, uh, we, we went public in December last year and over the kind of two year journey that that, <clears throat> what came to fruition, you know, we had, and obviously this is normal in most larger organizations, but for us being a fast moving kind of tech company, having a board that's checking those risk you know, I'm not as risky, the company's not as risky at the, now as it was maybe a few years ago. But we dialed it back a little bit and having those, that creates another challenge, right? So you've got to have the resources to change in this chaotic environment. You might have the product, but do you have the team to change with it? And then do you have the, you know, revenue and profit generation to fund it and yeah. resource it, especially if you get it right. Yeah. We find the hardest thing is getting it really right. Yeah, yeah. As we kick in growth, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on the underlying infrastructure. Um, and that's where you need your skill sets, you know, of, and I think stacking your team with, they can deal with those different types of chaos, whether it be marketplace, as you're suggesting, financial, you know, as you're suggesting, or the ability to obsolete those, all of those structures along the way. So I think it, the chaos and disruption needs to be taken care of, at least mitigated across yeah. those parts of your business. And is it all about surrounding yourself with people, the Ab right people? Absolutely. Yeah. I used to think I knew finance until yeah. a true CFO came in and went, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. It's not an algorithm. <laughs> so yeah, you need those good people. You do need those good people. Are they easy to find in this industry? Is, you know, have we got talent? Yeah, the industry is full of talented people full of talented people. I, I really believe that and um, I feel like we're blessed at Grass Valley to have um, many talented people and everything from engineering to sales, uh, marketing and so on. Um, but the trick is to, um, you know, when you identify them, retain them, challenge them, give them opportunities to grow. And for a big company, Grass Valley has roughly 1,500 employees. You have to have systems to do that to make sure it's getting done throughout the organization. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Structuring your people layers, right? Both your internal team and your external team, your partners and resellers and your advocates and market leaders who are on your side. Structuring that so that you've got a healthy degree of flow back and forth between yeah. your inside team out to the marketplace and from your outside team in the marketplace inside the organization, um, both in terms of people where they sit, but also information and experience going in both directions is really the critical part there. Because um, if you're sitting there listening to only the same voices all day long, no matter how great those people are, ultimately you're only hearing one set of messages. So yeah. you need to build in a, pro a process that you have the possibility of hearing all the different 
uh, voices in the choir that you need to put and, together. And those voices come from lots of different directions now. And I think you've got to be careful as well that something that looks big, you know, on a couple of platforms and they're, you know, blowing up with a, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of views and things like this. And then you might get a, a skewed view of how important yeah. that really is. So whereas traditionally you'd only get the call when your reseller or your big customer had a massive problem, whereas now it's kind of instant. So we've, we have systems inside now over the last couple of years to filter that yeah. so that you can accurately address the right things rather than just the things that are in front of you, which is kind of a uh, run after the soccer ball type of approach. And how do you find that, like managing global teams as well? I mean, obviously you're based in Australia, so you know, how does, Scheduled meetings that actually get done properly. Yeah. You know, prepared before it's bang, 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 and yeah. then follow up after. And but you've got to have them, right? If you don't have those meetings, yeah. then and organise them, and everyone's in. You know, the Americans have the all hands concept, and I used to think it was really silly. Jump on this call, and now as CEO, I'm like, that's what I want. You know, I want to broadcast the message um, to make sure that chaos is at least yeah. taken care of. Savvy. Yep. Controlling chaos. We like control. Yeah. I mean, how many? I mean, Tim, what have you got? Fifteen hundred. How many employees? Yeah, fifteen hundred employees, and I believe roughly twenty-nine locations globally. Wow. And we're on. We have offices on five continents. Yeah. So, um, and really important offices. Uh, probably half a dozen offices with eighty people or more. And so that, um, that coordination effort and communication effort can be challenged when you're spread out like that. And that, that is a challenge that the Grass Valley business deals with. And uh, it's imperative on us to use our full toolkit to communicate. And that's um, in addition to just jumping on an airplane and traveling to visit people, you also have to use a video conference, use, um, you know, live video distributed you know over the top use uh, pre-produced videos to get your message across uh, you have to, when you're that distributed as a company you have to use your full toolkit to keep everybody on the same page and you know as leaders of these tech companies are you still learning as well i mean are you still oh absolutely a... every day yeah no question there needs to be especially with a business like ours, which is doing a very traditional kind of task and is a 50-year-old business, it's no question we need to be looking at the, the technology advantages that allow us to do those tasks in the new uh, workflows and the new technologies and the new platforms. So it's constantly a technology question. And then from a business process standpoint, there's that level of learning. And then from a manufacturing standpoint, there's another level of learning because manufacturing excellence is really critical to being able to operate in a, in a profitable state, right? It's not, you cannot achieve the kind of business goals you need for long-term sustainability uh, just by constantly pushing at the edge of innovation and counting on that getting you to the right outcome. You need to be manufacturing at, with quality and in a way that's under control and allows you to meet your business needs. And that's a whole other level of continuous education uh, about what are the state-of-the-art te techniques for doing that. Yeah, so when things don't go to plan, because sometimes things don't, uh, you know, how honest are you with yourself and your team? I mean, is it, is it as the leader? I'd say very, very honest, uh, and, and we try to instill that culture throughout the organization because 
if we don't have transparency and if we don't know what we're doing wrong, we're not going to fix it in time. Yeah. So I think it's, it's imperative that you have a culture and especially leadership yeah. throughout the organization that, uh, that drives that. You want the facts, you want to know what's going wrong so you can fix it and address it. Absolutely, I think it's critical. Yeah. Honesty, accountability, critical thinking, you know, those are required to be able to live in an agile environment because you're going to do things that don't work, right? You have great ideas, you try to execute them, you deploy resources and it doesn't work and you have to quickly do something else, right? Yeah. In order not to uh, not to constrain the resources of the business and something that's not ineffective. So um, I think those are the three most important components. Yeah, I think I think you have to be uh, clear and honest about what's going on, especially with your publicly expressed messages. I think there's also an opportunity to try not to develop in public so that you don't necessarily have to go back and tell people that X, Y, or Z didn't work. Right? Yeah. If you're in a situation where you're developing it, yes, you have to be honest and straightforward with your internal team who's involved with those things, but you don't necessarily need to tell the entire marketplace. So there's this whole kind of philosophy about do you want to be developing in the public sphere or do you want to be developing behind closed doors? Google or Apple. And I, th and I think we kind of are in a behind closed doors mindset on our, on our side and I think so far that's served us well. Brutal. Brutal. Brutally honest. Brutally honest. Brutally honest. Probably too honest at times. Um, but if you pick the best people and they're really in it, you can reward them and, and you're doing all the right things that you know tick the boxes for them personally. Family situation, you know, enjoyable work, challenging work, bit of travel if they want, you know, whatever they're into. Work holidays. Um, you take care of all that. Yeah. And then you're honest. Then you've got a good platform. But if people are kind of unhappy with the chaos or unhappy with yeah. their package or unhappy with the management or unhappy with something, then it can be a difficult um, thing to be honest because yeah. people get upset. Um, so I think you need to be honest, but you have to have a platform there that allows that honesty to shine through. And, uh, you know, are you all risk takers yourselves? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd, I'd say, um, you know, I, I want to be an informed risk taker. So yeah. for as long as I can engage the, and understand the, the quantity of the risk I'm taking, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm happy. But I don't want to take completely unknown risk. I'd rather, you know, try to gauge it first. Yeah. So I know what I'm getting into. Somewhere yeah, along those lines. I'd say it's probably similar for me. I Naturally, I think I'm risk averse but I can't be successful in my position. I can't make Grass Valley successful if I'm not willing to take risks. So I like to collect data. I like to understand the situation from different perspectives, challenge our core assumptions. And then, you know, once I feel like we've gone through all of that, yeah, then I can take a risk yeah. and it's required. I, I, like to, I like to think of myself as being happy to take risks on people but not necessarily happy to take risks on technology. Okay. I think I'd like to know really what's yeah. happening with the technology, but on a staff level, I think you can gamble a little bit and, and sometimes you get surprised in a very positive way in, in the result there. So um, that has paid off for us, I think, looking at people and going, you know, this is a non-traditional candidate for this kind of role, but I think that this could work in this way, in this yeah. way, in this way, and having that really end up paying off in a big way. So from the people side, I think that's a good place to take risks from my experience so far. Yeah, yeah I think it's a pretty objective um, you know, risk. I don't feel like I'm taking that many risks. It might look like that from outside, yeah. but 
a calculated plan from the top with lots of data underlying it and opinion and you test your theories yeah. and as long as you've got a team around you that can subscribe to that, then it may look risky from the outside to bring HDR monitors four years ago when we just were educating on how sensors could capture more dynamic range. We were showing it on a screen. It was hard, tough for people to understand that. Now, we look like geniuses because four years later, everything's HDR ready and can be, you know, phones, TVs, the whole thing. But we knew that we had the technology behind it. We knew that we could control the image on the screen. We knew that we could yeah. make it ourselves and build it. So it doesn't feel risky, but it might look like that from the outside. I think that was your point, right? You've got that plan. And in this, you know, in the vicinity of this place, there are some amazingly talented people yeah. um, in technology, in business, in global domination in their areas. Um, and I don't think all of those people are taking that many risks in their heart. You know, it's not like I'm going to run the gauntlet across with a bus coming. You know, like it's a calculated move. I'm, I want to take risks. But, but I think there's a, there's a different way, I think, to, to think about risk, which is uh, if you're willing, you have to be willing to, to test and experiment and challenge yourself. And I think actually if you don't do that, the risk is higher. So you have to challenge yourself. You have to evolve your your business model and your propositions. And if you don't that, you're going to be left in the dust. So mm -hmm. actually, the, the risk of doing nothing is, is much greater than the risk of pushing the envelope and testing new things. And do you look to other companies outside of this sector that you admire or their brands that you go, actually, we'd like to be like Richard Branson or, you know, are there other people that you look up to that from different businesses, not just in the broadcast sector? Yeah, for me, it's probably cliche, but I look at Apple in the late Jobs era. Yeah. Not as much Apple now, but they were able to take some risks and build a business that was profitable and generated cash. And there are a lot of businesses out there that I think are broadly admired um, because they take a lot of risks and they do a lot of interesting things, but they never build a business that is profitable. And I, you look at somebody like Netflix, right? I mean, the jury's out on how that's going to end up, but today they're bleeding cash and losing money all yeah. the time. And um, that's, uh, you know, I don't look at that as, and admire that, I admire, somebody who builds a business that's able to be profitable and sustainable over the long run. Yeah. I think Apple in the jobs era was doing both taking risks and building a strong, solid business. Yeah, is that not Bob? Is there anyone that other companies out So there it's not so much other companies, it's other initiatives, yeah. right? Let's, it's this product being delivered at this time. It's the way someone approaches a certain kind of um, launch, the way somebody staffs something, the way somebody approaches the market in a non-traditional way. So. Uh, we, we are not so much studying somebody to think this is a model we want to follow as much as looking, at, uh, looking for ideas that we can put into our ideal mill and churn them up with the yeah. other ideas and see what comes out of the, the mill as being the, the pieces that we want to glue together into our own kind of forward-looking plan. I, I echo the, you know, to be able to make new change and make money at the same time to drive your growth is super important. My mentors as I was growing up were Masashida-san, who founded Panasonic, then Marita-san, who founded Sony, 
and of course Jobs was at the, you know, the more recent time. But those three have built product companies that were world leading, made a lot of money, rewarded the families, rewarded the investors, rewarded everyone in the chain. And their household names, Panasonic, Sony, Apple. Yeah. And w whether they continue in those veins after those people are gone is a whole other question. Um, probably not for this debate. No. However, um, I do think that those yeah. three are kind of where um, my aspirations lie. Cool, right, well we are done. So thank you very much. Uh, have a great show. Thank you, thank you. thanks thank you. so much. No worries. Thank you. This hour sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage.